Good morning, good morning. Thank you, God, so much for everything. I really mean every single thing. Hallelujah. Just encounter so much more peace from God. Peace that Christ given unto us, not as the world give unto us. Receive much more peace. And command the peace that you just received to remain still. We take it day to day. And each day throughout the day, we acknowledge him. For all that he does. Hallelujah. God has taken me to a place in a dream where different congregations were on this huge field. And even though we are all, you know, one big body of believers, we are all one. But each congregation, God's given us shepherds after his own heart. And you can see the numbers in each congregation. And you can identify that there were people missing from each congregation. And what God had me to do, it was like a fun day for every congregation in this one location. But everybody within their own congregation, even though we are one. And God had me to walk with the ones who weren't currently there, who were supposed to be there. They are currently backsliding. And God knows that Quenisha has been delivered from backsliding. And God knows that Quenisha is bold enough to admit that. And God knows Quenisha is humble enough to hold herself accountable for her actions, even though she has been forgiven. I cannot blame Satan for my decision making because God has given every single one of us the ability to make a decision. And I thank God that he never gives up on us regarding our decision making. Walking with us day to day, even if our faith begins to waver. But he's still faithful at what he does. And he's walking with us day to day, already knowing that we're doubting. Already know that we are fearful. Already know that we are angry. Already know that we are doubtful. Always, you know, already know. He always knows. But what he don't see is what we currently doing and who we currently being outside our true identity. Who he see on us is his finished work. Who he see on us is his son. Who he see on us is his grace. Who he see on us is us being pulled back because we could take back. He see us for who we really are and not what we currently do. He don't come at us about what we do. He comes to us about who we are by getting to know who he is. And God had 
all the people that currently are backsliding, walking with me, and God had me to pinpoint everything that caused them to backslide. And Satan would use any person, place, or thing to gain your attention for you to get somebody else's attention off track. And here comes God doing the complete opposite. He gained one and used you to gain another. Me to gain another. And what I notice about my walk and when I go out and minister out here, I went to God about me going out because I have to evaluate the situation, evaluate the person, evaluate what's going on within them, their personality, evaluate the atmosphere, period. And I say, God, we got to come to an agreement. I don't have to lift up a Bible at the people. We are the living word. I don't have to preach a verse, but still preach a verse. I don't have to mention salvation where I allow them to receive the free gift of salvation. Do you understand? When God trained me on the trains, which is preparing me for a time as this, the first time I sat down, I was quiet because I was afraid. But I was able to discern a different sound. God knows how we suppose a sound. Everything sets off a sound. And if it's not a sound of a joyful noise, it's a sound of sorrow, a cry of despair. And I heard the hearts when I sat down and they all were saying, for those hearts who were saying, help me, help me, help me. You gonna leave me like this? You gonna walk away from me like this? Their spirit man was talking to me. You gonna leave me like this? And we see that you're living. We see that your spirit overruling. You gonna leave us like this? Don't you walk away from us like this? And I made up in my mind, I would never do it again. What can man do to me? What laugh at me? Laugh at you? Disrespect us? Resist us? It doesn't matter, does it? What matters is that we stood firm and we stand fast and we released the word anyhow because we were not afraid. And we are not afraid. God don't come to us and say, you are a sinner. You are a backslider. You are a murderer. You are a rapist. You are a thief. You are an accuser. You are... A liar, exaggerator, you a gossiper, you are disrespectful, you are angry inside. I love how God approached Abraham. Satan knew to go to Eve and not Abraham because he knew that Abraham was given dominion by him being here first to name every animal by name. And Satan appeared to be in a serpent, a snake. Adam would have already known what to do with that encounter. I named you. You submit to my authority, my dominion. I would not be in the company of you 
to come under total submission and subjection unto you when I have dominion over you. So Satan politely waited for Adam to walk away and Satan knew the time that God would come and talk to him and fellowship with them every day. And Satan tried to come before God came. So they wouldn't have an opportunity to receive what God was coming to do the following day. Which was the day that he greatly deceived them. Because he sat to Eve. And she received what he said. And he used her voice to have Adam to go along with it. And God already knew what he was walking into. God already felt the virtue of a part of him leaving out of them before he even walked up to them. That's why he said, Adam. He didn't just walk up to Adam. He called out his name first. Adam. You're not where you usually be in the mornings. You're not where you usually be when you meet me. Adam, I know what you did, but I'm not going to call you your accuser. Adam, why are you over there? I hit myself because I'm naked. Hey, this is what God comes in. Who told you that? Because if I didn't say that and you listen to my voice, then who of a voice did you just follow? I want you to confess the voice you just heard that you followed because it wasn't mine. So who was it? Do you even know who voice you just followed? Because I've never heard about Satan. Far as Adam concerned, it's Lucifer. Adam didn't know about Satan being kicked out of the kingdom because that happened before Adam was created. God never intended Adam to know the difference between good and evil. But I'm going to show you the significance of this vision. Satan was already on the earth. And God already knew that he became the father of lies to deceive the earth. But he didn't want Adam to be able to determine the difference between good and evil, even though Satan would be here. Hallelujah. But God knew that Adam would already do that. I love how God still made them clothes out of trees and bushes in the midst of them knowing that they were naked due to them being disobedient. Because I'm still faithful at what I do. You may worry about that bill, but I'm still here as your God, watching you deny my help. You may receive that doctor's report and you went home prematurely due to it, but I'm faithful at what I do because you inherit eternal life. Because you made Jesus the Lord over your life. You still have a nasty attitude, but I'm still faithful to walk beside you, releasing you my love. I'm faithful at what I do. So what garments do I have to put on you for somebody telling you who you're not, what you say you are? 
Who told you that? Who told you that, Adam? Who told you that, Quenisha? Who told you that it was okay to do that? Who called you that and you received that lie? Who told you that? See, God know who told us that, but he want us to know. Adam, do you even know who Eve even listened to? Eve, do you even know who you were listening to? Have you ever heard a snake talk to you before, Eve? Have this ever happened to you before? So what's different about today? Who told you? Who told you about your difference? Who exposed the difference unto you? See what happened when you listened to another voice? When you created to only live by mind? Things like that happen. And I clean your mess up every time by preparing a way of escape every time. Aren't I faithful at what I do? How many times, even on social media, we see people who are currently backsliding and we say words like, you see such and such drinking that? That ain't no virgin drink. You see them with a hookah pipe? You see how they dress now? You see how they, they cussing now? Or they got boo now? Or they don't go to church no more? Or now they had came up now they don't want to sew no more? Or they stop calling us? Oh, they got a new set of friends. They don't even praise God no more. That's a shame. I would have never thought they would do that. I looked up, I, I, I put them on a pedestal. I thought they was better than that. I would have never thought that they would do that. I'm going to pray for them though. Not even aware we speaking what our accuser is doing in their presence regarding them and not speaking words of an intercessor on their behalf. By standing in the gap for them while they're currently out of position to gain them back to be in position. This is how we know we under another voice when we get in the way. When we say things like, I want to call that person up. I want to reach out, but I don't want them to get offended. I don't want them, I don't want to pry. I don't want them to think that I'm being nosy. I don't want to make matters worse. I, don't, I ain't got time for that. See, it's always I. I ain't got time for that. I don't want them to think. I don't want them to feel. But what did God say? What did God say? What did our almighty God say concerning them and their walk? Who told you that? You were drunk when you were drinking. Who told you that you were drunk? Who told you to drink? Who called you a fornicator? Who is that accuser? Who is it? Many of us are accusing and not even aware. Who said you would never be anybody? Who said you weren't worth anything? Who said you can't have? Who said you don't belong? 
who say that you're not pretty enough. Who said that you were a mistake? Who told you to give up? Who told you to stop trying? Who told you that? Because it wasn't me, say of God. So God puts us in a place by providing an opportunity for us to realize what we have done so we can surrender and he make it right because we've been made right for him to keep us right. And Holy Spirit do just that. Who told you that you were wrong when I made you right? Who said you were broke? I made you rich. Who said you were unattractive? You can never have anybody. You the apple of my eye. Who said you were getting old? You running out of time when I'm the redeemer of time. Who said the opposite to you when I have already spoken to you? Who said you weren't fired up anymore? Who said you walked away from me? Do you know without us even opening our mouth and we confessing our hearts due to what we think in our mind, we put words on people, even without thoughts, even without emotions? I can never be disappointed again. I used to say I was disappointed. How can I be disappointed? Who told me that? We think we're suffering? Who told us that? Where does this knowledge come from? It's not the knowledge of God. Persecution is good. God don't tempt us with evil. And if Christ say for his name's sake, you will be persecuted. It doesn't mean you will suffer negatively. You will suffer greatly because great is your reward due to you bear patience in the midst of a storm that you can cease. You have an accuser. Who try to have you to accuse yourself of doing things that you're not. Having you to say words upon yourself that you're not. Say, God. Who told you that? Satan only came in the form of a serpent one time. One time. And look at him today. Now he's using people, our friends, our family. People we didn't wouldn't expect. He used places, things. Don't focus on that. You focus on who voice you're listening to. Because if it's not God's voice, He's going to say, "Who told you that?" He who told you to look at the trouble on every side. Who told you that you were trouble? Who told you that you have anxiety attacks? Who told you you have asthma? Who told you that you had cancer? I never said Messiah Shakanamodiyam. I never said that. 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 I never 
And I would never say that. I would never say that. Because I know who I am. I know what I've done. And I know what I can do. Which I'm still doing on your behalf. So don't say what I don't say. I don't do what I don't do. I never say get up you smoker. Get up you fornicator. I say get up. But take up thy bed walk. You take that very same thing that tried to accuse you of being who you're not and you deal with that with your praise. That man got up, created that bed that was a form of praise. That same thing that kept me down, that same God used me to grab that thing and walk it out. Come on, somebody. Come on. Yeah. Come on, come on, somebody. Come on. Look at such and such. Smoking like that. They know better than that. When they start dressing like that, they don't left the congregation. Why? They got mad about something. Now they written about it on Facebook. Come on. Come on. Come on. Who told you to do that? Who told you to say that? God said to us, I never told you to say that. So what happened in this dream? Oh, God said, get on the train, on the trains. I said, Father, I only have one to 25 minutes to gain your people's attention. Some people get off when I get on, some get off at the next stop or the next stop. So I have to really be shot with the message. It can't be spent saying come to my church because me don't even want to go to church anymore. I lost that crowd. For those who don't want to go back and me talking about going, I lost that. There goes their, you know, encounter with you. If I tell them what they're doing is wrong and they don't want to hear that, didn't gain them. Help me to preach salvation. Without even having to mention the word salvation. That level of power. Because many help me preach Christ. Without them feeling condemned about the name. To turn away from Christ. See that's what I was evaluating. It's not putting a pacifier in anybody's mouth. It's being stretched. To release what every person need and how they need it in every atmosphere. We can't have the attitude, if I just gave one, no, my intention is none of you leave the same. And I became so familiar at living that lifestyle by releasing that type of atmosphere when God had me to minister. Don't preach about money because many of them don't even believe that God, you're a provider. That's going to lose them. Don't mention about healing the word per se because many of them receive a doctor's report. I'm going to lose them. I only have one to 20 minutes. Some getting off the next stop. What can I say, God? What can I say? You woke up this morning. 
Let's give him praise for that. You have shoes on your feet and clothes on your back. Let's give our God some praise for that. You might not like the job you're on your way on. On your way to the job that you're on currently. But thank God for that. Things may be going on in your life. But God got you through that. And if he did it the last time, he'll do it again. And again and again. Don't you worry. Don't you be fearful. Don't you be doubtful. If God did it before, he'll do it for you again. Let's give him some praise for just waking up this morning. Don't be angry. Don't argue. Don't walk in unforgiveness. Because we all been there when we've done something that somebody had to forgive us for. And don't we know what that feels like? Let's change our attitudes. Let's be more positive. And when you speak words of love in the atmosphere, it's like you're preaching Genesis through Revelation without even mentioning Genesis per se or Revelation because we are the living word of God and the word of God is nothing but opportunities to receive God by knowing what happens when you live unto God and what happens when we don't I can't sit here and tell you what not to do because you already know what you should be doing I don't lost you for that you understand and every day they received. Hallelujah. I never thought that I was threatened to be jailed for preaching the gospel. And I'll never forget my feelings were very hurt that day. Because all these things happening at this station. You walk past all this crime and murder. And you're ready to lock me up for preaching. And they call a lot of backup. So what, 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 what did she do? This is one lady. What did she do? On the train preaching. And they laughed. My heart is just it's like it's just shattered. I could fall to my knees and weep. For laughing at me doing something so greatly. And you think it's funny? I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. And I had to stir myself up. I was threatened. If you don't stop this, you're going to jail. I said, well, I won't stop this. So if you need to take me to jail, then cuff me. I'm not doing anything wrong. I have good news. And I'm going to tell him. I said, God, you speak quick. Do you want me to go to jail? I will go. They asked me to do something. What do you want me to do? Because I don't feel like going to work anyway. I didn't care. I said, well, I won't stop. I must be going to jail then. There's a soul that needs to be saved that God would lead me to. Well, it's only going to be like one or two people. It's better than none. It's better than no people. You willing to go to jail 
for one or two people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then they went from saying, I can't do it anymore, to saying, well, just don't do it on the train. You can do it out in the open, just not on the train. I'm not going to promise you that. Am I free to go? Or do you want to take me in? You can go. I was quiet the rest of my ride to work. The whole day I was quiet. I went home, I was quiet. My feelings were hurt so bad. I got up on the train the next day. Up on a train the next day. And I was told I couldn't mention Christ's name. I didn't know much of my rights at the time on the train. I didn't read all the rules to what to say on the train, which now I know makes no sense. But I still got up there and preached. And every time I said Christ's name, I just pointed up with my index finger. And someone politely asked with the Spirit of God within them, why are you pointing up whenever you pause? I said, because I was pulled off the train. They said, I couldn't say Christ's name on here with you. It's against the law, whatever. They said, against Metro policy. So I'm pointing up and you guys know who's up. They say, that's why you're doing that? Yeah, I'm not going to stop preaching. They said, we'll say it for you. Point up. I point up. Jesus! Come on. much word we know if you don't have a heart of a servant of humility of love we don't have nothing just walking around thinking we have something that we don't I've been to more than four different countries this one country I have a friend In their specific, you know, country, they got to pay for, you know, education so much. So they got to, you know, invest in so much just to gain more knowledge. They focus, he was focusing so much on a natural, you know, a, a natural image to show that he is somebody. So he wore the suits and paid for the colleges and paid for the education read the Bible and had all the theology but there was something missing you didn't have any demonstration to the biblical sense that you ought to have due to what you read because you so focus on a natural image and not focusing on the image of God 
You focus on getting material things first, making investments first, naturally. Not saying it's not okay. It's okay to do, but not first. It's okay to do. It's okay to invest. It's okay to receive resources and, and, and wear nice things. But let that not be first. Because if you allow it to be first, then you allowed your heart to be troubled by what you can physically see, hear, and understand. Because you're making an image for yourself, physically. And now you don't know how to stand in the midst of a storm, but you dressed up like you can. The enemy has used you to open yourself up to become a dressed up fool. You have the latest electronics. You're well recognized. And you're known for being a great leader due to the picture you painted for yourself. And when it comes to standing by just walking in love, something like that, and you find it very hard to do. Not you per se, but you understand. You're still working on watching what you say. You're still working on your temper, but you dress like you walk in love. You dress like you're patient. You dress like you have self-control, but you really don't. Because you invested in the natural things. And here are those who invested in spiritual things first. You see the natural things. Yeah, it look good. It look good to see you with fresh clothes on. Yes, it's appealing. Yes, I'm looking at my wardrobe. I'm looking at yours. Yes, I'm going to get there. Yes, when it comes to the this and the that, we'll get there. But that's not my focus. I must know what it's like to know that I am saved. And what happens because of that? I must know what it's like to stand. I must know what it's like to believe and only do that. I must know what it's like to be Christ-like and demonstrate that alone. Forget the suit. I'd rather have the patience. And now that I have the patience, I can receive the wear after that. I can receive the financial increase and go invest in those things after that. Because guess what? When we say things like, I gotta get in, I gotta invest in, I don't know when, I need to find out and I'm worried, I'm afraid, I'm this, I'm that, you in the way, and God is not. So you put your hands and he takes his off and he be patient and wait till you recognize it can't be anything without him successfully. Hallelujah. I thank God for delivering me. I thank God for me being bold enough to say it. <laughs> that shows how humble I am. Get on there. Okay, God. Admit what you have done and what you about to go through and what I'm about to do in your life. Okay. It wasn't, uh, you say, what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> yes. Doesn't it feel so much better to be honest versus God show me these court shows and some already come knowing what they're going to lie about. But how can you be helped lying trying to cover it up? Admit what you did and move on. What can somebody say that you admitted what you done was wrong? What don't look pleasing is if you act as if nothing was wrong that you've done. And you know it was. Trying to, you know, cover it up. Hallelujah. Now back to the dream. God had all the people that... But currently backsliding and 
leave and left, excuse me, leaving and left that specific congregation each by each. And I never had it in my mind, in my heart, no intentions to mention anything that God exposed to me what they've done was wrong. Because I didn't see them for what they were currently doing. I see God's point of view. Who told you that? To each one of them, like it was said to me. Quenisha, who told you that? Who told you to marry that man? Who told you that you were an alcoholic? Who told you that you would never be anything? Who told you that you weren't worth anything? Who told you that you weren't anybody? Who told you that you were a mistake? Who told you that? Who told you that you were an easy target to be a punching bag emotionally? Who told you you were weak when I made you strong? Who told you you were broke? Who told you you were paycheck to paycheck? Who told you that they were better than you? Who told you you would never be anything? Who told you that you weren't called to preach? Who told you you would never be able to preach? Who told you that you would never stop drinking? Who told you you would never give up any worldly addiction? Who told you you were stuck in that wrong marriage? I never said that. I never said that. You want to know what I have to say? Your life is just beginning. Come follow me. Now, if he said that to us, who am I to say what you did was wrong? Stop drinking or you're going to hell. That's why you're going through what you're going through because you're not obedient. Is that what God said to us? So why am I adding in his word when he said revelation, don't add in. Come on, somebody. Who told you to worry about a bill? Who told you your account was in the negative? Who told you to look at an earthly account, period? Who told you to worry about tomorrow? Who's telling you the opposite of what I'm saying? And I ask you that even though I already know who, because I want you to know who your accuser is, because I never said that. So I want you to know the person's voice, who you're listening to, because it's not your own. You can do nothing of your own. He's either the father of truth or the father of lies. There's no in-between. So who got your attention? Who became that important to you for you to say what I never said regarding you? Or for you to begin to believe something that you used to did not? Doing things you know you used to didn't do and thought you would never do. So who became that important to gain your attention off of who I am and what I said. Satan did. So what happened to you to open yourself up to listen to his voice knowing he's your enemy? I did. Say it louder. Who did? I did. 
am I? The all-sufficient one. Our creator. Our heavenly father. Our way maker. Our redeemer. Our beginning and our end. Our everything. Live by that. Live by that. Live by that. Hallelujah. And when I was walking with a group of people that currently backslid, everybody had on shoes. I didn't. And I was like, God. I looked at them. I was like, guys, I got to go back and get some shoes. We didn't have enough time for me to go back and get shoes. Because if I would have left them, they would have left me. And if they would have left me, they would have left the opportunity for them to receive God through me. So I didn't have any time. It was that vital. So I had to just go without shoes. And I had to tiptoe around the rocks, the glass. But Holy Spirit would zoom my eyes in to see it before I get there. Hey, I'm going to say how amazing God is. Even they were looking on the ground for me to make sure I don't step on anything. And there was a song that was playing that gained their attention. And it was a rap group called Triple Six Mafia. And God said that's one of the world's most demonic music groups that have ever been here. Because they know what Triple Six stands for. And they have the covering and pictures and logos representing demonic forces. But they gain people due to the sound. Because everyone created to live off and live by sound. So Satan used that sound to gain your attention. You ever been in a car with somebody and they put on a song that you used to dance to? And all of a sudden the beat begins to have you. You start moving your hands or moving your head. And then you're like, wait a minute, hold on. I don't listen to this no more. See how quick we can be influenced by being around things that we used to do and saying that we would never do again. How many times we have revisited those things we said we would never do again? There are not enough fingers and toes for me to say how many times I say, okay, God, I'm ready. Okay, forgive me, God. I know I shouldn't have did that. Okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. I'm ready now. I'm ready now. That day that Christ visited me in my bedroom, I never been back and forth so much in my life. And then one day, it was about over a hundred times I'm going back and forth. Okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready. Get a cigarette. I light it. Okay, three more puffs. That's it, God. Three more puffs. Okay, I put it out. It's out. I mean, it's done. I throw it in the trash. At the store, I got another pack. No more drinking. Okay, God. Okay, this time I'm going to go all out with a drink and that's it. All this that whole day. This is it, God. Okay, I'm going to finish this whole bottle and that's it. I'm going all out with a bang. Okay, okay. The next day, nope. Okay, God, this is the last day, God. And then when I say that, then somebody call. Want to get a drink? No, I'm good. I, I don't want to drink no more. You ain't got bad. Oh, guess who over here? Such and such. Oh, for real? God. All right, this it, God. This one time. This one time, God. This one time. Come on, somebody. Even when it comes to cursing for some of us. I was, never, I was never really a cursor, but I did cuss when it was necessary. That wasn't, that wasn't my weakness. Some people, that's a weakness. He's slipping up. Okay, God, okay, okay. That's it, God. That's it, okay. That's it. 
Some people weak as fornication. Okay, God, that's it, that's it. No more. Okay, no more. Oh my God, look at that butt right there. Oh God, no more, no more. This time, this it. This, okay, one more time, God. One more time. This is one girl. One girl, that's it. This one man. God, look at the muscles, God. One time. That's it. That's it. That's it, God. That's it. That's it. That's it, God. Okay, the casino. Okay, I'm a, one time. One time, God. This, I can win. I can win. I, I, pay, I pay my tithes. I'm off. I pay my bills. You know, help people out. Help my family. Come on, God. It's one time. Okay, God. Okay, one more time. One more time. One more time. I'm aware this time I, my hand itching, God. My hands are itching, God. One time. I'm dreaming of numbers, God. I'm dreaming about numbers, God. I don't want to walk in forgiveness. I want to be mad at that person, God. Okay, I know I got to forgive. I know in order for me to be forgiven. Okay, God. But look at this, God. Look what they did, God. Okay, God. Okay. Okay. I know I'm not going to worry no more, God. I know. The bill, I know. I know. Call your account. Your account is negative. See, God? Oh, God. Okay, okay. I'm not going to call no more, God. I'm not going to be worried about my account. I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be worried. You're my provider. The doctor said this, God. I know I'm bleeding. I'm healed. I'm healed. Oh, my body aching, God. Oh, no, I'm healed. I'm healed, God. I'm healed. I'm healed. I know the doctor's note. I know the doctor's note. I know. I'm not going to believe it. I'm, I'm believing you, God. I'm believing you. I know that organ is hurting, but I'm believing you. I'm believing you. My body talking to me, but I'm believing you. It's telling me it's dying, but I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. How many times we go back and forth? Imagine God. I see your sin. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna deliver you. I'm gonna deliver you. I'm gonna deliver you. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I hear your cry. I'm gonna deliver you. Jesus. I'm gonna deliver you. I'm gonna deliver you. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I'm gonna send my son for you. I'm gonna send him. I know I'm gonna send him this day. I know he didn't come yet. I know, I know. I know, wise men, you're waiting for the baby in the manger. I know he's not here yet. I know you've been waiting for you. saw the North Star. You saw the star. You saw the North Star. You saw it. I know he's not here. I know. I know. You don't see Murray. You don't see Joseph. I know. I know, I know. He gonna come. He gonna come, y'all. He gonna come. I know. I see Satan. I see the attacks. I see you. I see you guys. I see the four hundred years of slavery. I see it. I see it. I see you in Egypt. I see. I see my children. I see. I got you. 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 I see the disconnection. I know. Sin disconnected you from me. I'm holy. I can't touch sin. Can't come near sin. You're my children. I know I got you one day. I got you. I know I'm supposed to send my son this. I know I got you. I got you. I know. I'm supposed to send my seraphims and cherubims on your behalf. I know I got you. Hold on, seraphims. I know, I know you're waiting for the holy, holy, holy. I didn't do the new thing yet. I know I got you, seraphims. I know. I know you're waiting. I know you guys waiting. I know. I know, Michael. I know. I see the army. I know. I know you guys waiting. I know. Hold on. Hold on. It's coming. It's coming. Messiah, Father. It's coming. It's coming. I got y'all. I got you. I know I said that day. I know, I know, I know. I got you. I know, Moses. I know. You want to rock wave for me. I know. I, I didn't show up. Okay, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. You've been there for 40 days. It's 45 days. Okay, I'm coming. I said, well, you take advantage. I know, I know. I didn't write them yet. I'm going to write them. Hold on. Hold on, Moses. Hold on, Moses. They down there making a, a golden calf. Okay, okay. I got y'all. I got y'all. I got y'all. Come on, somebody. Hold on, Jesus, before you be sitting in the earth. In the belly of a woman that's a virgin, Mary. Wait, Christ, before you go. Hold on, wait. I got you. I got you. I got you. Come on, somebody. Imagine Christ. Hold on. 
It's time for me to be crucified. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, y'all. I got y'all. I got y'all. You gonna you gonna be saved again. You gonna be saved again. Hold on. I got you. I got you. Peter, John, Judas. Hold on, Judas. Don't betray me yet. Don't 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 give him those coins yet. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. It's time for us to have a supper. Wait, not yet, not yet. Come on, somebody. Imagine that on the third day he didn't get up. Wait, guys, wait, wait. I'm still down here trying to get the keys from Satan. Wait, I got you. I got you. I said the third day. I know, forgive me. I know. Maybe the fifth or the sixth day. Maybe the fortieth day. Come on, somebody. They are faithful. They are faithful. And if we're in their image, who are we not to be? So who told us that we weren't faithful by us not being faithful? Who told us that we are afraid that we don't go forth and release the good news? Everybody gossips, God says. Everybody gossips. Whether it's good or bad, you gossip. But how about we gossip good news? What are we afraid of? We're in a, a, a country where we have the freedom not to be persecuted or executed due to giving a word from God. Read about Peter and Paul and all their, you know, executions. And, and who are we to deny when we have the freedom to do so without even being touched? What? Because we're going to lose some friends? We're going to be laughed at and talked about? So what? And the same ones who do that are going to come back to you and say, what must I do? That level of love to stand in the midst of being laughed at, that brings people back to Christ. If you can stand here and feel like you've been humiliated in the midst of humiliation and still release love without even worrying about what's going on, I want to know who that person is who's responsible for this. I want to know what God have done to you to cause you to be so sold out for him, Quenisha. What caused you to be so bold to go to these places and do these things? The last thing that God had me to do was go to the Capitol. During the midst of the murders that took place in the Capitol. God said, I want you to take your son with you this time. Okay. Get two posters. Okay. United we stand. No, not united we stand. That's another one. We are one. And God bless. This nation. Which is every nation. But God was doing something regarding what happened in this nation. Due to what happened at the nation's capital. In the midst of racism, we saw other banners uh, of division and this group amongst them own, this group amongst their own. And here's me and my son with posters to bring us back, to take the line away that was placed there. No, we belong together, not you on this side and this side. And one man sat over on the other side and he ran to me. This is nonsense. And I went live. God said, go live with him. And he was on there. This is nonsense, he said. I'm so glad you're here. 
So glad you're here with this. Thank you for doing this. Because I'm sick of this nonsense. Black on black, white on white. I'm tired of hiding. And what he was saying was, if the blacks only stay with the blacks, and he goes somewhere, he can't really go. He got to tiptoe around the blacks because he feel he's afraid. Pretty much said I'm scared to go anywhere. Because there are different nationalities everywhere in this country. That's like in the midst of the campaign when Trayvon R. Martin and oh, how would you feel? Would you go into a restaurant, even if it's your favorite place and it was filled with all whites at the time? Or how about all white police officers? And that's what he was saying. I'm tired of this tiptoeing around places. I'm scared. I'm scared. This grown man looked like he was in the Marines saying, I'm scared. Can't really go anywhere without afraid that one race gonna kill me because of what this race is doing. My race on behalf of one group of people speaking for the whole race. Every black is not racist. Every white is not racist. Because of one person's act, and you, you put it out on all of us. Would God have me to go to Minnesota? Where George Floyd was? And the young boot, the dude, I think his name was Chris, Christopher, Mark Chris, who, who got murdered by that female cop. God had me to go there. And let me tell you something. In the midst of me going there, a Spanish guy got murdered, got shot in the back by a cop in Chicago. And my layover was in Chicago at the time it happened. Everybody going mad. I don't know what's going on. What's happened? Another one just got shot by a cop. Now we got the essays all over the place. Everybody going mad in Chicago. I'm like, oh God, I'm just praying. I'm praying. I'm walking through the people. Even that's what I went live with that. You get people in the background. Man, F this. I'm sick of this. Man, I'm about to blow this place up. Here come God presence. No, you're not. Did the place get blown up? Was it a riot? Yes. Did it last? No. Did they riot after I left that police station? No. Because God was there. I wasn't afraid. Walking on trash, walking past trash. They was throwing all kinds, they burned up stuff. The Marines out there, every form of military out there with rifles in their hand pointed out for anybody. And they could mistakenly say, oh, they thought you were going to hit just because just they was trigger happy. But they couldn't touch me. The, the, the town was on lockdown on a curfew. No one supposed to be outside till after 7 o'clock in the morning. And here I am getting out of a lift car, not even aware of that law. Outside at 540, matter of fact, 440. And I recorded that going live. Between 4 and 5 o'clock, I was out there. I was that God had me do everything that they said we were not supposed to do. Don't pull out no cameras. Don't record. Don't stand in front of the station. Don't even be outside. Only people that's able to be out there is the camera crew. And they couldn't touch me. And I walked past them in the Marines and the, the trucks, the SWAT trucks. And they were looking at me to see if I'm there to be angry. What am I here for? And I began to pray. The lift driver told me, if I knew you were coming here, I wouldn't have picked you up. Because we don't need no more chaos. 
You coming from, I hear your accent. You're not from Minnesota. I said, I'm from D.C. I'm not coming for trouble. Oh, you're not? No, I'm coming for peace. You come from all the way from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, to release peace. Yes. She said, okay, I'll pick you back up. Go ahead, go right, go here. Yay, yay, yay. And then she began to give me a tour. She was a white woman, afraid even, when she felt I was going, she was afraid. I don't want you in here. You might try to kill me. Slit my throat while I'm driving. Now she knew I was there for peace. When she picked me up, she toured me around. I'm going to show you what George Floyd was. I'm going to show you the court building. I prayed for that. It was very emotional. You see SWAT cars on every corner because of George Floyd's case. Just in case that that man got off, it would have been bad. And they was ready to shoot. Go ahead and get out of line. We're going to shoot you and we're getting away with it too. Because we're licensed to carry. And the reporters, the SWAT team, the officers, all of them were there. And they saw me there and I was greeting them. Good morning. I'm not here for trouble. And I want you to know that. Good morning. It was like, good morning. So she must, she's not here for trouble, guys. She's one of the good ones. So she could be out here. Because they could have easily said, get away from here or we will shoot you down. Anybody that's supposed to be out there, supposed to be locked up for real. And if you try to not being locked up, then they can shoot you down. They have gotten away with it. Even though they weren't supposed to. I could have been another case. But they saw a difference. You're not here for confusion. You're not here for separation. You're not here for racism. You're here for love. See what I'm saying? After I spent the whole night laying on a, a metal chair in my back, that was the most uncomfortable sleep I ever had. I had to turn over. Each side was getting worn out from the hardness of the, the chair, and it was so cold, the metal was cold. And you know, Minnesota is cold. It's up north. So God said, don't bring nothing. Just bring what you got. I bought what I had. No change of clothes, no nothing. You're not here for all that. You're here on assignment. Okay. You can refresh it up in the bathroom. Just bring soap, toothpaste. You, know, you don't need to you know, do the, all the whole shebang and all that. Okay. I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh my side, Jesus. Then, I, then God stirred me up. You're here for a purpose, Kanisha. You're here for a purpose. Okay, God, you're right. My back was hurt. Okay, God, Kanisha, you're here for a purpose. There was a, a group of white kids with... Young adults standing right in front of me. And you could see the racism on them. But God had me to hold that hat. And I had my hat on. And I greeted them by tilting my hat down. Because they thought that I was angry at them. Because a white woman killed the black man. But I said good morning. It was like good morning. We, we like the hat. We like that hat. We fill in that hat. See they thought that I was there to be angry. No. I'm here for love. They began to compliment something. They was like, we, we glad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they started complimenting real good. <laughs> like the hat, you know, nice hat. You understand? My body was aching. I was like, you know, it's not going to ache. I'm here for a purpose. Forget that pain. I command that pain to leave. But the pain came with the purpose. And I cast it down and I saw the glory of the reward due to the purpose. It didn't escalate. It got better. You understand? And something about that hat. I said, God, is this my missionary hat? Because <laughs> everywhere I go with that hat, I mean, Minnesota, Chicago, everywhere I went on that hat, every terminal, everybody looked at that hat. They was like, you know, that hat is serious. <laughs> That's a, that hat is serious. You're like, you on a mission with that hat. You looking like a positive common San Diego. Looking like a woman Zorro. I'm just 